try to get settled in. Amen. All right, here we go. Luke 14, I'm going to read verses 15 or 16 through uh, 24. Then saith he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they... And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it, and pray thee have me excused. And the other said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. That right there always tickles me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And it says, verse 20, And so, so that servant came and showed the Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said unto his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, and, they, and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord... It is done as thou hast commanded, and yet, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that, no, that none of these men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. I want to bring a message this morning. There should be no legitimate excuse. There should be no legitimate excuse when God's asking you to do something. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus, Lord, this morning that you'd take and help us, encourage us in the Word. Help us, Lord God, to take and digest the food of your word that you're feeding our soul today. Lord, I pray, God, Father, that you'd settle the congregation into thinking about what's being preached, God, what's being read. Lord, God, it would help us to be able to take and join in what you have us to have. Lord, I ask this, Lord, that you would help our church to be strong and our church to be fruitful here in these last days, Lord. And I pray, God, if there's any in the building today, that, are, that that's not saved, they know they're not saved, I pray, speak to that heart and let them get it settled today. And for my brother and sister in Christ, Lord, oh, that, that's uh, just living a double standard, I pray for them today that you'd help each and every soul to, to examine themselves, Lord, about their faith in you. And Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, as I read that scripture there, uh we find that excuses were being made. And, uh, and whenever it all was said and done, when he gave this parable, in verse number 24 he said, For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Whoa, good gracious alive. You know, God is giving invitation, but, I, but we're not going to tie God's hands. God will make a way. God, He will make a way. 
and those that he so much wants them to participate in the blessings of fellowshipping with him that do not participate, that have made excuse not to participate. He says, I want my house filled with the lame, the halt, the maimed. Basically, if it takes the people in the community or in the, in the situation, they can't do the things you do. He said, I'd rather have them sit there than you to feed off of one bite of what i got for you. There's no excuses, what he said. He's no excuse to miss the meal. And uh, if you want to take and define excuse, it'd be a, a plea offered for release from obligation or promise. It'd be a plea offered. And then someone said this. I re read this this week. Uh, it said that excuses, the skin of reason stuffed with a lie. Now, we have three examples of these men here uh, that, that, that gave excuses to come to the great supper that was being offered. And, and these certain ones began to make excuses right away. One said, I bought a piece of ground. I must, I got to go look at it. Bought a piece of ground, unseen, sight unseen, but yet he didn't want to go eat with the master. Now, I, you know, that was something that needed to be done. He needed to go look at his ground. He needed to go check it out. But he hadn't looked at it yet, so what would an hour made a difference in? See, that's an excuse that's backed up with a little piece of lie in it. Yeah, he needed to go do this, but he didn't need to do it right that minute. Amen. So that was a lie. Well, I don't lie when I, when I tell God no about what's going on in my life. And when I say, oh, I'll put that on hold, maybe at another time, i got to go do this or go do that. Well, really what you're doing is, is you're skinning your excuse with a little bit of lie because probably 99% of us, when we do make excuse to God, not to the preacher, not to the church, but to what you told God when you got down on your knees and you said, God, save my soul and come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Amen. And then the next is saying, I bought five yoke of oxen. He said he had to go prove them. I've done that. I bought two goats. I bought two goats side unseen. Boy, I got stuck. Amen. But you know what? I come on to church. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't worry about it. Well, I, I can't go to church now. I need to go over here and look at these goats. You know, uh, it, like taught me a lesson, be careful buying something sight unseen. Okay? But here's another excuse. Uh, release me from my obligation. Release me from my responsibility. I bought some livestock, and I've got to go check them out. See, God's heard every excuse there is that you could possibly make and missing what God wants you to do, whether it's coming to church, whether it's getting a special ready, whether it's learning an instrument, whether it's going on visitation, whether it's uh, learning your Sunday school class, whether it's coming to Sunday school class, whatever it may be, that God says you're obligated to this, and you need to be here, and if you're not here, then you want me, what you want me to do is fill it up with people that's really not supposed to be at my supper. See, these maim and these lame and these others were people that was, was plan B and plan C and what the master had planned that day. 
He said, I got, I got a meal ready. Somebody needs to eat this, but those that reject me, I know I want it so filled in here, they can't change their mind. Amen. Well, that's a dangerous place to be, isn't it? And then the other one here we find here, I have married a wife. Amen. He told, said right here, I've married a wife. And he said, I, I cannot come. My wife won't let me come. Amen. See, people today are still doing the same thing in this present day. We'll do anything, we'll say anything to be released from our obligations and promises to God. Amen. God said to love me, to, to love me, to worship me, to praise me. Amen. And God wants us to know we're obligated to that. Why? Because He gave His only begotten Son that if we believe in Him, He'd save our soul. It cost Him His Son. It cost him her son. Supper time. Amen. Come and dine is what he's saying. Come and dine with me is what he's saying. Yet there are some things that they should be no legitimate excuse. You know, there's times that you may make a, have a real reason that you cannot do something for God. And I'm not, listen, I am not up here trying to say coming to church is what I'm talking about. I believe if you get this other stuff in your heart right, the church part will be secondary. Am I preaching to a sad funeral here or what? Amen. Amen. Let's get real right here. Amen. I would love to get up here and just, and just, just start shearing sheep about missing church. But the missing church part ain't your problem. The problem going past that. The problem is making excuses. Making excuse to your obligations to Christ. Making excuse to the obligations of God. Your Father, amen, your Heavenly Father, the one that, that, that has saved you, that has wrote your name now in the Lamb's Book of Life. And, 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 and if you're not being obligated to Him, then you need to have a little talk with Him. You need to get things right with Him. You need to get fellowship. Because I'll tell you what, whenever you don't do what He asks you to do, He said, I don't even want you to have any of it. Saved or lost. He won't have any of it. So there are some legitimate excuses. But I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about coming to Sunday school. I'm not talking about uh, those type things that you can say, well, I can wear a pin up my side of my, my, my vest. If, I, if we gave pins out, I can get a reward for bringing the most people to Bible school. All those things are great, and all those things are, are part of it. But... What I'm talking about is making excuse. Look at what you're saying. Look at how you're bargaining with God. Don't look at what you're telling me. Don't look at what you're telling your wife or your husband or, or your church. Look at what you're telling God. What excuse are you making to God for not having the right motives and obligations behind serving Him? Well, the first thing I see here that I want to deal with is in Romans 1.20. I'll read this to you. There's no excuse for failing to be saved. Amen. Now, we have some young ones in here. We've got some teenagers in here. We've got uh, mamas and daddies in here. We've got grandpas and grandmas in here. And, you know, uh, you know whether or not you have trusted Christ or not. Okay? But there's some in here that don't know. 
There's some here that don't know. There's little ones. There's teenagers maybe. There, there's even grown-ups in here. They are struggling with their, with their faith of salvation. You say, well, you've been preaching this and you've been preaching this. Well, there's no excuse to be lost. Just absolutely no excuse to be lost. There's no legitimate excuse to turn away Christ. Just Amen. none. There's just none. Romans says this. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. See, that's not me. That's God. God says there is no legitimate excuse for a person to be lost. When you come to that place in your life, some people call it the age of accountability. Myself, personally, I like to call it the age of knowledgeability. When you come to a knowledge that you're lost and you need the Lord, whether you're 5 or 25, whether you're, whether you're 7 or 77, whether you're 8 or 88, yeah, hey, when God brings you to a place and you really know that you need Jesus, that you're lost in your sins, there's a knowledge takes place. Amen. Amen. You, they, there's just no excuse for remaining lost. If these folks will react as, as God wants them to react to the light of the gospel, they would be saying, God gives more light. He tells us that we have a whosoever will salvation. He is not going to turn away anybody. I, and listen, there are some people that you would probably say, they deserve to go to hell. You say, well, I don't know about, what about some pedophile that would grab a hold of your youngin' and do ugly with your youngin'? It'd be pretty hard to choke that down, wouldn't it? But they still have the opportunity to be saved. What if somebody took and killed your mama or killed your dad, murdered them? It'd be kind of hard to forgive them of something like that. But they still have the opportunity to be saved. See, there are some rotten people in this world, and God has ability to save their soul. Yes, they may have to do time. Yes, they may be in jail for the rest of their life here in this life, but they can be saved. It's a who's a... Hey, I'm talking about there's no legitimate excuse why somebody ought to die lost in their sins. Jesus tasted death for every man, every boy, every girl, every every heathen in this world. Listen, he is going to give opportunity for them to be saved. Amen. He told us to go out and, and preach the Word of God to select you. No. To every creature. And I'll tell you what, they are some creatures in this world, buddy. Amen. They are some creatures, and, and I was one of them. Amen. Amen. To turn down God's offering of salvation is a spiritually fatal decision. 
There's no excuse for you to die lost. I preach and I preach and I preach. I felt the power of God moving in the service. I felt God to hold in on people's hearts, and yet they get up and walk out that door lost in their sin. I'm up here to tell you today that if you're lost in your sin, you are without excuse to leave this building today lost because God said he loves you and he sent his son for you and he died for you and he rose on that third day. He said, hey, quit trying to figure it out. Just take and believe what he says. Whether you're young, middle-aged, or old, if you're not saved and you die lost, what are you going to tell God your excuse was when you stand in front of him before he pitches you off in the lake of fire? Oh, yeah. And then there should be no excuse for forgetting God. Amen. Amen. I told you this wasn't about getting you to come to church. This is about you getting excuses out of the way. Amen. There's no excuse for forgetting God. Jeremiah uh, chapter 2, verse 32, says, Tell maid, forget her ornaments, or bride her tie. Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. You said probably 600 years this morning, brother Rick. Israel had forgotten God. They had they had no ambition to remember the things of God. Amen. Days without number to forget God is to take no note of Him. Everything you do is right in your own sight. You justify anything and everything God wants you to do. You justify any and everything uh, that, that's your obligation uh, to God, the church, your family. You justify it so you can be without excuse. But there's no excuse for forgetting God. Amen. Failing to think of Him on a daily basis. Amen. Uh, dis- dis- to forget us, to disregard. I forgot. You know, I understand that there might be a time in your life that you forget to do something that you've told somebody you're going to do, whether it's God or whether it's your wife or husband or your kids. I mean, we do live in a pack-filled world right now, busy, coming and going, buying and selling. Well, in the last days, amen, hey, we work 24 hours around the clock. Nobody ever really sleeps anymore. Hey, the world is just getting bigger and bigger as far as population goes. And, uh, and I can understand getting fuzzer in your mind and maybe forgetting something. But to forget is a total disregard. You know, you know that you shouldn't forget things. Just disregard what God wants you to do. To fail to notice, to listen, when you start forgetting God, you start forgetting to pray. Amen. Amen. If these people was, now when I'm talking about praying, I'm not talking about God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. By his hands we shall be fed, give us, Lord, our daily bread. Now, that's all right to teach you young in that, you know, but teach you young in that this is the way to introduce you to prayer. That's right, amen. Amen. If you're just rumbling out a poem, are you praying to God? 
Are you really blessing the food? Uh, if you've got your little prayers you say before you go to sleep at night, and it's really a, just a rehearsed prayer over and over and over, and, you and, and you know, uh, your kids could hear you say it, and they'd say, well, Mama said this prayer, and I can quote it. Well, that's great. You taught them a poem. But I'm talking about prayer. Forgetting to pray. Hey, when it comes down to it, couldn't you even pray more than five minutes without having rehearsed statement to say? Could you? Have you forgotten how to pray? How to lift God up? To get out there on the bucket? How to get out there behind the house? To build that old rock altar? And every time you lay the stone down, it symbolizes a prayer. Come around the prayer altars. Now listen, I understand, and I'm not saying it has to be the length of your prayer, but when you pray, do you know that you're talking to God? Right. Amen. And then some people don't pray at all. When you get when you start forgetting God, there's no excuse for forgetting God. When you when you go days without praying, weeks without praying, Amen. I, had a, I ain't gonna call their name, but I had a person get right with God about about ten years ago, and they come to me and said, and they they come to church. And we'd call on them to pray in church. And they'd come to me and say, Preacher, I wish you wouldn't call on me to pray. I said, Why is that? He said, Because the only time I pray is when I come to church. But I wonder how many in this building does the same thing, Brother Rick. I mean, really, pray. I mean, they, they don't even think about praying Monday through Saturday, and, and, and then they call on in church, and, you know, they can rattle off that little poem prayer that they've always said. But I wonder how many that we call on to pray in church are praying through the week. They forget God until it's brought up in front of them. Oh, I've got to pray. Oh, oh, yeah. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Listen, the lack of prayer in your life, the lack of, of persistence in your life, what is your obligation to God? Amen. If you want to get a notepad and start writing down what God has obligated you to do, what would you write on that list? What would you write on that list? And then, would you want to forget what God had put you writing on that list? Would you just forget it? Huh? Then there's lack of power. Lack of power. See, that shows us that we've forgotten God. I don't want Ichabod wrote on the door at Parabaptist Church. I don't want Ichabod wrote on your house. The domain of your house where you live. Amen. Listen, the Bible says there's no excuse. Amen. You know how you get it. You, hey, listen to me. You know how you can get this back in your life? Maybe you say, yes, I believe that, that, that I am not where you have forgotten God. I'm not living for God like I ought to, like I used to, because I have forgotten. I've got complacent with religion, not with God. You know how you get right do it? Just get the altar and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. There is no excuse, Father, for me not praying. There's no excuse for me not reading my Bible. There's no excuse for me not being faithful in the things that you've given us here in this life to do. There's no excuse. 
There's no that they should hey they should be no legitimate excuse for forgetting God. They should be no legitimate excuse uh, for 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 uh, not being saved. And they should thirdly should be no uh, excuse for fighting over the past. God's word tells us this. In Micah seven nineteen it says, He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Listen, there are one of those in here probably wants anybody to get in, our, get in our closet, amen, of our skeletons of the failures in our lives. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there's no excuse of a fraud over your past, amen. Hey, if you repented of it and you pleaded a blood over it, amen, God says it is no longer in existence. Amen. Matter of fact, God ain't the one that brings it up. If you start getting some bringing up in your life, amen, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the devil and the demons of hell. They're working overtime to try to deflate you, discourage you, and get you down and out. In serving God, but there's no excuse. Don't fret over it. God says, "Hey, hey, they're gone. They're gone. They've been forgiven. That's the Old Testament right there. They're thrown into the sea. Amen. They was put down in the, where no man could find them. Amen. But one preacher said, "Well, they they were still there." But here in the New Testament, Amen. God washed them away. Amen. God cleansed us with his word. Amen. God forgave us of all our iniquities. Amen. Praise God. So it's amazing to me how people will take and keep bringing up the past, bringing up the past, bringing up the past. Let me tell you something. Forget that old man. Ain't nothing good or righteous about that old man. Why tell everybody your rottenness and stuff? Just forget it. Don't break that lesson. Don't let the devil get him. I just say, hey. I remember one time, I was uptown there, and one of these guys I went to school with came up to me, and I don't remember what we was doing. I, do, I really don't, not now. But he started bringing up some of the past, you know. It wasn't nothing real bad, you know, but, but it was just stuff that wasn't, wouldn't be pleasing to God, you know. And... uh he started in on that, and I said, just wait a minute right there. I said, I got something to tell you. I said, that was the old Jimbo. I said, the new Jimbo has been saved. I don't do those kind of things no more. I don't, I don't want to talk about that no more. But I want to talk about what God's doing in my life right now. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. Don't throw over that past. Amen. Let it go. Hi, listen, let it go. I don't know how in the world men and women will not forgive themselves. See, whenever you have been forgiven by the one that can do the true forgiving, why don't you just forgive yourself? Amen. The world may not forgive you. The person you offended may not forgive you. But as long as God's forgiving you, that really is all that matters. Amen. You're going to make an attempt. That's all God asks us to do is to make an attempt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did. And you can say, I ain't forgiving you. And you can say, well, I just done what God laid on my heart. That's right. Have a good day.
I had to do that. I told you the story that whether it was legit or not, it was affecting me, and I went to the man's house, and I talked to him about it. Remember that? And, boy, he let me have a habit, didn't he? He really talked ugly to me. But I just left him with it. But, see, God started picking up in my life again. I started being able to worship again. Amen. Because I did what he said to do. So forgive yourself. There's no legitimate excuse to let it bind you down and not find something that you can do for the glory of God to fulfill your obligations as a child of God. And then lastly, there's no excuse for failing to be saved. There's no excuse for forgetting God. There's no excuse for fretting about your past. And then there's no excuse for fear about the future. Amen. Amen. See, I may not know who holds tomorrow or what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know the one that holds tomorrow. That's right. Amen. Amen. I'm going to hold his hand. That's right. Amen. And 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound Amen. Amen. Praise God. Listen, I'll tell you something this morning. Let's quit having excuses. Amen. There's a lot of things you may have a reason, a legitimate reason. But these things right here I preach to you this morning. If we can get them things fixed in our in our Christian life, in our spiritual life, amen. A lot of the reasons why we don't do things for God, they won't be no problem anymore. Don't forget him. I hope everyone's saved. If you ain't saved, I'll open the door up today for you to be yeah. born again. And if you're saved, don't let your past jump up and bite you. Amen. Amen. Agree and diffuse, just like I did that day. That's what the yeah. That's what the old Jimbo used to be like. But this is what the new Jimbo is. So that's what people called me up to. I was about 40, Jimbo. They some still do. That's all right. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to let my past scare me. And I'll tell you what, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I may be laid out on a on a hospital bed with my chest busted wide open. They're taking veins out of my leg and putting them on my heart. I don't know. What tomorrow holds. I don't know if there's a cancer working inside me that I don't know nothing about. And all of a sudden, one day, I just get to feeling poorly. Uh, a week from now, or two weeks. But I walk around in fear all the time. I'll never do nothing for God. Amen. Amen. I never preach another message. I'd be so depressed and discouraged. But I tell you what, I know the one that holds That's tomorrow. Right. And God has given me a spirit that doesn't have to fear. And I can have a sound mind knowing that he's the one that holds tomorrow. And I'm going to go through it with him. I'll ask you a question. Would you be willing this morning to come to this altar of prayer and say, Lord, forgive me for making excuses. And I'm pretty sure about anything you've made an excuse of would fall under one of these categories that I preached this morning.
forgive me. Help me to do better. Help me to do better. And if you're here this morning and you need the Lord Jesus Christ to save your soul and not make an eternal mistake, a fatal, eternal mistake, you need to be born again today. I'm going to ask you to stand.